Hello and welcome back to Becoming the Influential Me with Michelle Chikander. Today I want to talk about adaptability and what it means for us in 2021. This is an exciting time to be alive and to be working. And I think in the next year, arrears, careers and identities are going to be made. So make sure you pay attention, grab a pen because we're going to come up with an action plan specifically for you. Okay. One of the things that we heard a lot before 2020 was technology is coming and it's going to take all of our jobs. And I thought, you know, this is interesting, but what 2020 has shown us is that that's not necessarily true in the sense that we're not there yet. We are getting there, but we're a little bit far, actually, because we saw the the, the limitations that, that, that technology has. And also we saw the benefit of human connection in terms of driving things forward. So what does this mean for where we are? What lessons can we draw from 2020 and how can we use those to move us forward? Well, one of the things that we got from 2020 that was apparent and loud and clear for anybody who was paying attention was the fact that the most adaptable one, and it's simply that, the most adaptable, the most agile, were the ones that came out of this thing on top. Organizations that were able to respond really quickly, reorganize, um, and you know, and, and really get their teams around their brand new identity, um, were the ones that really managed to succeed, if you can call it that. It was tough for everybody, um, but it's those organizations that were more agile and those that were able to pivot that were beca- that became more successful. This was almost the year of the smaller business because smaller businesses were able to respond more quickly and were able to deliver services that were more tailored. Uh, larger organizations, I feel, struggled, but um, that's down to uh, interpretation. So what does this mean for us as career women? Well, it means simply one thing, that we have got to be more agile. We've got to be able to pivot. We've got to be visionaries in such a way that it allows us to be adaptable. Because what creates this this level of adaptability is fluidity. And when you know your moves, it's it's easier. (laughs) Think about it as a dance, right? When you know your moves, it's easier to add a little flick and a little, you know, a little move in a different direction because you know you'll always find your way back. So how do we become more adaptable? Because this is, this is something that I often say, and people will say, well, how? Can you tell us how we can be more adaptable? So I've come up with a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven point plan specifically for you to help you become more adaptable. What does that mean? Okay, so number one, this will come as no surprise to anybody. Number one is clarity. It's super important for us to be clear about where we want to go and why. After that, because that you're going to do that all of January, I'm sure you're going to be doing goals and you know your identity and your vision boards and all of that fun stuff. So I'm not going to labor that point. But it is important to understand, okay, so what are my skills? What are my passions? And where is the, where is the organization going? Not where is the organization right now, but where is my industry going? Where are, where are the organizations that I want to work for? Where are they going? So it's about thinking about how your skills and your passions will play a part in the organization of the 2030. Right. And once you've mapped that out, then you're going to ask me the question, which is, well, how do I know? Well, if you don't know, which most of us don't, uh, research. Research is number two on my list in, in terms of how you can be more adaptable. Do the research. McKinsey has reports. 
um, organizations like um, the XPRIZE, you know, Peter Diamandis is so generous with information. Abundance 360 is in January, and they always drip out information about how technology is going to impact the world and our futures. I just registered for a virtual uh, session with The Economist on the future of work. Again, there's going to be lots of speakers there that are talking about how the world of work is moving forward. There are so many resources. The, the Financial Times did a session that you can pay for in September. Um, but you can still watch the recordings. So there are so many resources that tell us the way that the world is going. And it's up to us to find that information so that we can position ourselves in the best way possible. Not for the organisation of today, but for the organisation of 2030, 2040, etc. Why is this important? It's important because it's easy to hire somebody who's already doing the job. So what leaders at the moment are looking for, because everybody doesn't know, like I said, 2020 is a, is a, is a leveller. You know, the one thing we all have in common is nobody really knows. You know, people are making guesstimates, but nobody really knows. And so what leaders are looking for are those people that can um, position themselves for the future and begin to run with the initiatives for the future. So if we're able to do that, then we can begin to fast track our careers. Okay. Um... The person with the most knowledge, yes, but the person with the most certainty wins. So when we research, we give ourselves a certain amount of certainty and we are better able to have not only informed conversations, but we're able to make more informed decisions. So the best way to do this is to carve out a little bit of time to really think about you know, your industry, your role, your skills, your passions, and also to read about the direction of travel that business is going in. Um, I highly recommend this exercise, especially because technology will be an ex existential threat for your job if you do not do this. But there is always got to be somebody running that technology and you have the opportunity in this year to make that you, right? To make that person you, to, to be so highly advanced in terms of your thinking and your skill set such that you are the obvious choice for any opportunities that come up that are, that are going in that direction. Okay. Which leads me to point number three in terms of how we can become more adaptable. Point number three is work on two careers. This is so important well, because, again, we're, you've got to be able to create the skill set that's required for 2030 now. But obviously you have a job and you have to pay the bills. So you kind of have to parallel process. Now, what does that mean in a practical sense? Well, I will give myself as the example. I work with senior leaders and I work with women that are trying to get up the career ladder. So there's a lot of information giving. Um, and one of the things that I'm doing right now is in addition to sharing information and connecting with people, one of the things that I've started taking a keen interest in is technology. So I've started to look at the future of work. I've started to really spend time with technologies and understanding, you know, how virtual reality, how AI will impact how, we'll, how we work, really trying to understand better the implications of blockchain, for example, on my specific industry and on how it will transform the way people connect and people work together because that is essentially what I do. How will VR, for example, affect what you do? How will the fact that people will no longer, you know, use handheld devices in order to ask for information, but instead will it will use, you know, VR as an experience to answer all their questions? How will the dominance of Alexa, you know, and the use of voice rather than writing impact your work? So just thinking about things like that and beginning to mold your career and the actions you take in your job to sort of 
go in that direction? How can you make yourself an expert in this change? Well, in order to be an expert, you kind of need to know a little bit. So that's why the research is important. And that's why I said work on two careers. Okay, so that's the that's tip number three on how we can be more adaptable. Okay, how can, will I make this all happen? It comes down to what I talked about in the last podcast, and that's about using your time wisely. Um, and using time wisely simply means not you've got to you know have more hours in the day, but it simply means making time, making time for 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 two things: a having a blank piece of paper to just map out and doodle and draw your future, and then b having really the time to map out and research and read the trends and analyze where the world of work is going. Now, somebody might say, well, Michelle, shouldn't I just wait for it to happen? Because why do I need to move? When it happens, my job will change slightly. Well, it depends where you want to be. Do you want to be the one that is telling other people what the changes are going to be? Or do you want to be the one that is being told? I know where I sit on that line. And in order for you to, to you know, be on the other side of the line where you're telling other people, then we have to do the work. And we have to get in there early before other people are doing it. <laughs> okay. Now, the number four. This is going to sound super counterintuitive. But it's actually been a winning formula for me. So one of the things that happened in 2020 is people stopped connecting with one another. And by that, I mean physically connecting with one another because that was just the nature of the beast, the coronavirus beast, that is. <laughs> and I crack myself up. It was not funny to anybody else, but for me, it was quite funny anyways. And the key thing is the counter counterintuitive thing is connection. Everybody was connecting less, which meant... Everybody was craving more meaningful con connection. And as a result of that, 2020, my mission was to connect with as many people as possible. And actually, it worked a treat. I reached out to people outside of my network and found out what they were doing in terms of in business and in technology. I reached out to people where my blind spots are. So areas where I know very little, areas where I understand very little. Science, for example, is not my strong suit. I researched a lot, but I couldn't really quite get it. So I connected with people that are, you know, experts in that field. I connected with people in technology. I connected with people in the field that I work in, right, in consulting and in leadership and in business. But I made sure that I connected with as many people as possible because that's where the richness comes in. So connecting with people is not just about, you know, how can you help me to advance my career? But actually, can you give me perspective that I don't currently have, number one? Number two, um, sharing information gives me an edge over other people. So when I, are you connecting, for example, with people in your industry that are working in different companies? Finding out what's going on over there, not necessarily in terms of, you know, stealing information, but it's, it's definitely worth knowledge sharing and expertise sharing. And the good thing about everybody that I connected with, not everybody responded and not everybody was responsive to it, but everybody that I connected with, I realized that there is real power in sharing ideas, in sharing knowledge and in sharing expertise. And the more generous you are with information, the more generous information you'll get back. Somebody messaged me, in fact, last week and um, on LinkedIn and said, I'm, I'm starting a um, behavioral change consultant, consultancy and I want to talk about habits. Have you got an experience with this? And of course, I gave them all the information I know and I was happy to share. And in return, they shared something with me, which was incredible. But 
connections are happening and you need to again cultivate the time find the time to connect with people in your industry outside your industry people that are more senior to you people that are more junior to you in a bid to create lasting connection number one but in order to, to allow you to be more adaptable because adaptability by and large is about how much information you have and how much you're quickly able to utilize it to go into the direction that you want and um, some people don't need information they can just pivot but for others it's much easier to make the pivot if you have the information and you and now is a good time to gather information before you really need it 2021 like i said it's going to be the year that a lot of careers are made and also potentially a lot of, a year that a lot of careers are killed so with information we're able to create a buffer for ourselves such that if you know if we're going up it's a really rapid up and if we're going down then you know we're able to cushion ourselves and from you know the more dire implications of those compared to those that are just waiting for things to happen Okay, number five. This is my favorite thing. And, and if anybody asks me what the secret sauce to an incredible career is, I would say create shortcuts and create solutions. Well, what do I mean by this? I mean, if you're the kind of person whose mind is wired to finding shortcuts, i.e. finding easier ways of doing the same thing or finding quicker ways of doing the same thing or, you know, cheaper ways of doing the same thing if your mind is constantly wired towards that you are more likely to find it easier to adapt to situations but not only that you'll you'll have more fun doing it and um, there's a certain joy that comes with coming up with solutions sometimes they're not received by leadership teams i understand that but really it's about tuning your mind to finding better ways of doing everything at work but also finding better ways of doing things in your own job. Right? This may sound really glib, but when we think about our lives and, and when we think about how we approach an organization, it's different. Why? Because, oh, the, the organization is paying me, therefore I need to dedicate more thought to that. But it's your life. <laughs> so my point is, we need to pay as much attention to our jobs and, and our lives and our careers as we do to you know, finishing projects, for example. So find shortcuts for your career, for your own career, and find solutions for your own career. You know, really ask yourself some basic questions. What's working? What's not working? Do a SWOT analysis of your career and really start to create some minor changes and start thinking again, like I said before, about what this will look like in 2030 and how you can move this forward, begin to move it forward now. Okay. Number one, two, three, four, five, six. Number six. So this is also another career secret weapon. And this is something that I've really seen work, not just in you know my own business or and not just when I was an employee, but through others. You ever wonder why some people that aren't as bright seem to have a way with people? Um, and it comes down to one thing in my view, and that's energy. And no, I'm not going to start talking about crystals. <laughs> um, but the energy that we bring to a situation and to a business really matters. So people always say, want somebody with a can-do attitude. What's that about? It's really about being the one, being a person that can instill confidence in others. So you want to be that person that, you know, if the ship was sinking, you'd be the one that makes everybody feel like it's going to be okay. So um, what I'm talking about here is 
you're be, you're you'll be more likely to to adapt and to find it easier to adapt if you can bring boundless energy into it if you can bring energy and focus into it not for yourself but for other people everybody found 2020 tiresome everybody started you know rethinking everything and what everybody was looking for was something to hold on to whether you're a leader whether you're somebody that's just starting out in your career whether it's you or somebody in the middle of your career everybody was looking for an anchor and so if you can be an anchor for other people they will help you to get further ahead so it's about being a safe pair of hands for your manager for your boss for your team i think when we think a lot about adaptabilities i've got to i i i i i i've got to move in this direction but actually a lot of the things that we can achieve come from the connections i just talked about but also being able to instill confidence in others is a unique skill that no amount of technology can do and it will set you apart from other people have i always been successful at this no but where i've been successful at it i found that i've been able to fast track things not just in my organization but outside my organization as well so this is a unique asset and how do you how do i how do i change my my energy michelle i can hear you asking me the question it's really just about what's going on internally if you make space and really say you know what when i come into this work into this project into this team i'm fully present and i'm fully committed to whatever goal or outcome we are working towards and i'm here not for my own selfish wants and needs but for me to facilitate what other people need to get out of this and one of the key things that makes everything move forward better is a smile and a cheerful um spirit you don't have to be an extrovert you don't have to talk a lot but you do have to be willing to show a commitment to the to the team goal to the to the unique goal that everybody's going after and you have to be a cheerleader um for the team and for others and that is what will help us to be more adaptable because then we're enlisting allies in the process as well and can learn not only from them but also from the experiences that we create together okay and last but not least this then goes on to my last point about energy self management in order for us to be adaptable we've got to be undistracted and I can already hear some people that I've worked with for example saying yeah Michelle it's all fair and fine me bringing energy but I've been bringing energy for the last x time and it hasn't worked for me and I don't know what else to do and and you know and all of these things and I think that's valid and we all have we're all a little bit worn out by 2020 admitted but the thing is we've got to be able to self manage in order to create the solutions that we want and we've got to be able to bring this energy for the long term goal if we think about things for 2020 sure it's okay to be tired it's okay to lick your wounds it's okay to you know just take one small step but if we're thinking about this being the year that makes our careers then there's no time for that we do have to self manage and we do have to have our eyes open to the opportunities that are around us and that requires self management now what am i talk about talking about when i talk about um self management i'm talking about inputs and outputs 
what are we putting into our minds and what are we bringing out? So if you allow yourself to, you know, indulge in television or indulge in um, whatever else is out there, Daily Mail, gossip, I don't know, everything else. If you allow to, your mind to be full of that, you're not going to have energy when it comes to the meeting because you're going to be thinking, when is it lunchtime? Or when do I get to go home so I can do the things that I really enjoy? But if you're able to say, because I'm here, I'm going to make it the most joyous experience for me, then you're better able to get the most out of that experience. Is that too airy-fairy? Potentially. But it is what will make you more adaptable. Being fully committed and present to, to what you're doing and being able to extract the lessons. And unless you are present and energy and have the energy for that moment, you won't be able to, to um, extract the lessons. I don't know, it's fairly um, straightforward, but it's really hard to do. I know that. But that's why treat season is over. It's absolutely time for us to just go to the mental gym, if you like, and do hard things. Do boring things. And with those boring things and those hard things, on the other side of that lies uh, success and the treasure, if you like. Um and then some people might say, well, Michelle, I spent 2020 doing. I was doing, 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 doing. And I think that's valid. If you, level one is kind of, well, you need to start doing something in the direction of, you know, your career and your goals and you've got to self-manage by starting to take action. Some people need to self-manage by stopping the action and actually taking stock of where you are. Really analyze and say, I've been doing so much. I started this, I did this, and I did this, and I've been doing that. But actually stop and evaluate and actually say what worked, what didn't work. Why did that work? Why didn't that work? And how can I leverage the skills and relationships from what didn't work to allow me to you know, move forward? So it's about being more strategic. For those of us that are doers, it's about being more strategic about what we're doing. It's about thinking, okay, what connections can I leverage to 10x this um, and from there we're able to adapt but we're able to adapt in a really smart way so i have talked a lot about how we can be more adaptable and how we can begin to grow our careers and prepare ourselves for the careers of the future because i think if we operate on the careers of now then we're less likely to be able to get ahead of the curve and be the ones that are leading as, a, as opposed to the ones that are led and i also think What's the saying? If you shoot for the stars, at least at the very least, you'll land on the moon. Well, it's also like that. If you plan for a career from, um, a, if you plan for a twenty thirty career, at the very least, you're gonna you're gonna end up with a twenty thirty two career. Whilst sorry, twenty twenty two career whilst we're still in twenty twenty one. So it's about you know, shortcutting, creating solutions and fast tracking your career. I hope you've enjoyed this session. It was a little bit more technical than what we've done in the past few weeks, but I thought we'd really bring it back to the nub of why I do this podcast, which is about helping women in their careers, you know, along the journey and getting there faster. And until next week, I hope you enjoy the podcast and you have an incredible week. Bye for now. Do